coming up on episode 36 of season 2021 of Across the Park Podcast in affiliation with Liverpool Live Radio. Robinson skips on and it's the youngster Dan Jefferson just 17 years of age. For, uh, I, I don't have a lot of things to say. We played really bad and uh, we were not in the game from the beginning to the end. We are a little bit embarrassed. Plenty of anger and plenty of emotion from myself, Ian Mills, alongside Andrew Price as we look back on a nightmare week for Everton who took one point from Aston Villa away and Sheffield United at home, all but ending Everton's hopes of playing European football next season. Whilst the Reds, Gary Murray and Phil Roberts look back at an unlikely hero keeping Liverpool right in the mix for Champions League football next season. He gets it! He gets it! Alisson's done it! Dramatic twist to the tail. Uh, I'm too emotional this these last months for everything that happened with me, with my family. Uh, but football, uh, football is my life. I play since I remember as a human being uh, with my father. I hope he was here to to see it, but. And as we enter the final week of the season, we have four games to preview. Burnley versus Liverpool, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace with fans back in the ground, Everton versus Wolves with fans back in the ground, and Everton away to Manchester City. We have higher or lower, we have this week in history. All that and more to come on the only place you can hear banter and debate from both sides of Stanley Park, Across the Park podcast, episode 36. But first, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by Camper Kings. When you have the freedom to choose, where will you go? Hiring a camper van from Camper Kings means you've just bought a ticket to adventure. Camper Kings offer a stunning range of quirky camper vans and luxury motorhomes with modern and stylish features, providing you with a safe staycation escape. Adventure awaits at camperkings.co.uk and you can follow them on Instagram at camperkings underscore UK. For Across the Park listeners only, there's a free bottle of champagne and free insurance when you quote Across the Park. Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, hosted and produced by a group of friends from both sides of the park. We pride ourselves in bringing you the very best conversation from the ongoing matters at both clubs, providing banter and debate. We also release regular specials with guests connected to both clubs providing insights and interviews never heard before. The back catalogue of these shows is available on our website, acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to hit subscribe to Across the Park Podcast on your favourite listening app and please give us a follow on our social media. Head over to Instagram or Twitter and search at Across the Park PC or Facebook, search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to episode 36 of Across the Park Podcast. Myself, Ian Mills, Andrew Price, and we've only got one red this week. Anyone who lives in Liverpool knows there's been a bit of a situation in the city centre tonight, so access to the city centre has been limited. But we could have sold tickets for this, Phil, couldn't we? There's been reds in our WhatsApp groups dying to get in and listen to the fallout of one of the worst weeks in Everton's season, should we say. And we will get to that, Pricey, but first, Judgy, our regular blue, He's doing run for the 96 this weekend. What, what's the information on that? Yeah, so Judgy's doing, I believe, with his with his wife. It's a, uh, it's as, as you said, it's run for the 96. It's on Saturday, 22nd of May, at half nine. Um, it, you can either 
run 5k or one mile uh, it's a 12 pound entry fee and it's a virtual run obviously because of covid they're doing it virtually so you can run it wherever you like uh, if you do enter they'll send you out your own number um, and if you complete it they'll send you out your medal as well so judges doing that with jenny um, so if anyone wants to get involved obviously a great cause run for the 96 uh, the website is btrliverpool.com if you want to if you want to join so good luck to gary and jenny with that anyway absolutely phil right we're going to cover everton first Okay. Are you going to go easy on us or are you going to give us it? <laughs> because the Reds in my WhatsApp group have been saying that they can't wait for this, more so the Everton bit. Do you know what? I think, you know, what? yeah, I'm going to give it to you because the Everton, certainly the, a lot of Everton fans I've been speaking to and stuff, they want to give it you know, to themselves. So how are you feeling about it? Well, now I know that, Pricey. Let's get him. Let's <laughs> get him, finally. No, it all, I'm going to treat this like a counselling session. I'm done with this season. I'm not on next week anyway to to review the final week of the season where miracles might happen and some and we might still creep into whatever the conference conference things called in Europe. We might sneak in somehow. I've had so many false hopes this season with that team. We're a family friendly show, so I won't be explicit, and I easily could be. I am t- done with this season. And to say that about an Everton team with Carlo Angelotti, with Hamas Rodriguez, with Alan, with Eden Jordan, Pickford, England number one, some really good players. What the hell is going wrong? Why are teams who are just not as good as us coming to Goodison and ruining our season? That's the big question, isn't it? Why or how? Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, for me, I think it's it's if you're looking at why why it's happening, it's because. Because in attack we we were toothless up front basically for me, we we set up well defensively. You know we're going away from home and we're nicking a goal or we're setting up to counter attack teams. So we're you know making sure they don't score, being hard to beat. We don't really need much going forward. We've we've been lucky enough. You know the West Ham game, the Arsenal game to sort of nick a goal, take our chance. That only gets you so far. And when you're at home, you've got to have options up front. You've got you've got to be able to 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 play attack and football. Um, to play Sheffield United and to play or to set up as a counter-attacking team against Sheffield United at home is is, is not acceptable for, for me. It's just it's not acceptable. And as I say, defensively, yeah, it was sound. I mean, let's start with the, the starting lineup. He, he's playing Coleman and Dinier. Mm. He's playing those as outlets. They they are attacking options. That tells you that he doesn't trust the players he's got on the bench to, to start with if he's playing them as your attacking options. Awobi or Inkunku. Yeah. Like we've seen it, Wobi, we know he's not good enough. You'd like to think that the manager's seen enough of Inkunku to say he's To say he's not good enough. So he's playing those those two players and but then it just didn't seem like we were we were playing to our strengths by getting them involved enough. Luca Dean in particular, I thought had a had a stinker. He was he wasn't he wasn't getting up as as he should be. He wasn't overlapping, there was there was nothing from him going forward. Coleman on the other side was having a go, but but I just felt it was the way we set up. We we've got we we that was our starting eleven. But without an idea of what we're actually going to do when we're in possession of the ball, it looked like we hadn't trained. It looked like we hadn't, you know, worked on going forward. We hadn't worked on getting them involved in the game. There was no combinations. There was no uh, partnerships. It was just dead at getting the ball and 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 hoping for the best, basically. Um, there wasn't even no fight for me though. And we've, we've had this question, we've had this comment and this question. We always invite comments and <clears throat> and questions on the podcast. And every time Everton do get beat to Goodison. The theme is like Everton don't fight, they don't work hard, and like sometimes I've agreed with that, and sometimes I haven't. I thought we've, we've played well at times, but I was watching yesterday going, All right, we're not playing well, but no one's even going, 
I'll do him and, and get something going. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll I'll stick a foot in here and stuff. There was the usual silly fouls from Alan, and it was the usual like sort of Luca Dean arms in the air trying not to touch him away while he boots him up the bum. There's all that stupid stuff, but I mean like a proper like. Just someone to say, I'm going to have a duel here and I'm going to win the duel and people are going to see me doing that. It's not even a style of play which you're saying, which I do agree with. They just don't care. They, those players who play for that football club who do not care. They look dejected from about 10 minutes in. Well, no, obviously, goal. from the goal, yeah. They look dejected. They look like there was no fight because they were just looking around each other going, again, it's happening again. Yeah. And there was no, as you say, there's no one to grab it by the, you know what, and go, no, let's have it. Yeah. Let's have a go of it. And they just look like, they looked hopeless. Uh, you know, for want of they, they looked completely hopeless. Like on the ball, even when Sheffield United had the ball, there was no none of that closing down, none of that. As you say, a foul to get everyone up for it. Yeah. The only player I see I, I, who looked for well, there's two players who looked like they were frustrated because because they were trying. That was Allen and, and Hammers in the first half for me. They they looked like the two who were like looking around, going, "What are you doing?" But but there was nothing. It was just it was just they were playing like I felt. Do you know what I mean? Like lost of hope, and and they were playing that way. <laughs> But they shouldn't be. They've got everything to play for and they're playing Sheffield United. And we we're making lesser teams actually look better than they are because I remember seeing Newcastle at Goodison this season thinking, where did that come from? Burnley at Goodison, Carragher and Sky called them Brazil. Last night, the goal took a call Pele by Martin Keown. And you're thinking, <laughs> like, how the hell are we making these teams look that good? They're not coming and doing a job. They're not coming and saying, right, Everton are small or Everton play a high line and we'll beat them that way. They're coming and bossing the entire game and looking great against us. Yeah, the issue there with, with those past games is we haven't learned from those games. Oh. We haven't learned at all. We're still setting up exactly the same way as we were setting up against Newcastle and against Burnley. Still doing the same thing. Nothing's changed. Yeah. And and that is I don't want to have a go with that. Well, I do want to have a go with the manager because I think I think I think he needs to have a, you need to have a go with him. He's not yeah. he's not, you know, devoid of criticism. You, you can still have a go with him. Um Absolutely. So, yeah. so we, I am, we, we we get sometimes, don't we? people who say like you can't have a go at him and that's a little bit silly for me because yes he's a world class manager knows more than us combined in the room knows more than some Premier League managers combined but he's going to make mistakes and, and last night you alluded to five at the back they're huge mistakes for me so I don't think we shouldn't be you know criticising them you can have a supermodel girlfriend if she burns your bacon butty I'm going to have a go at her I'm not going to say you're fit you're not getting, getting criticised <laughs> you know what I mean you, we, we can have a go at him and it doesn't mean we want him out exactly. I want to stress I want to stress that we're not I having a big go but he, he does deserve some sort yeah, he of does. Yeah. when you say like we want to have a go at him but it doesn't mean you want him out I think if you say like oh, why did he take him off or something then you are just that's the type of stuff that's fair but if you're saying it's a very different thing for me if you're saying like we're always too defensive or I don't like our style or everyone just looks like they're not playing for the manager. They are sort of those types of don't think anyone criticism. said they're not playing for the manager. Well, no, but if... if Do that one in yourself, there. No, I know, but I am. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like... I'm taking what you have said and sort of extrapolating it to its final conclusion, but we're sort of thinking like, well, players are looking like, you know, no fights being said a lot of times and that. Now, that over an extended period of time is manager out stuff. So you're not criticising him for a bad sub, you're criticising him for like quite fundamental things. You're right in what you're saying, but what I think is he looks at that team and goes, if I don't set them up this way, they'll get battered. It'll be a drubbing. No, I don't. I think think you're right. That is what he's doing. But I think he needs to have more confidence in in his players. I think he does. He he needs to... That's Allardyce. That is Allardyce. Allardyce goes, "Ah, we'll just set up not to get battered. What's the difference? It's Allardyce at at a different 
level. Allardyce does that not to try and get into Europe, and he doesn't look... Allardyce throws games. I've read his book, and he basically says, <laughs> I look at games and go, we can't win there. Yeah. But if I rest him on Wednesday, we can beat them. Yeah. Carlo doesn't do that. I've seen the comparison of Angelotti and Allardyce, and I've seen it, but I can't agree with it. The style of football is defensive, and it ends there. Yeah. That's the only comparison yeah. for me. Right. The, the, the criticism I've got at, at this moment of Ancelotti is it looks like, as I said before, he's come in, we've been too open at the start of the season, and he's tightening up defensively, and he's gone, that's what we need to do. We need to make sure we don't concede, and we need to nick goals. But what he hasn't, what is evidence or is that he, he hasn't worked on going forward. Mm. He hasn't put the effort in on the training ground. On, on As I say, those combinations are going forward. Richarlison and, and Calvert-Lewin look like the strangers. They don't, they don't link up at all. They just look like the two separate players. Um, and, and, and it's the same. I mean, I was looking before in terms of people who've scored this season. We can have a goal at Calvert-Lewin. He scored 16. And then you've got Richarlison and Hammers on six and Gilfie on six. No one else has really scored. Mm. There's, there's no one help, helping out. And that's because we're not playing attacking football. We're relying too much on, on one dimension. It's playing one dimensional football, relying too much on Calvert Lewin. And it should really be Richarlison on 11. Yeah. Richarlison on 12. Well, and that's a big factor in our season. That, that hit him for large parts. And especially since the goal at Anfield has stunk. And we started the season well. And he was more assist than Calvert-Lewin. Calvert-Lewin was scoring two hat-tricks in a week and Richarlison was, was on the end of a lot of those assists alongside Hammers. It just very quickly became apparent to me that he wants to be the man. He And you see him all the time on social media, but there's kids outside his house wanting autographs and he's posting it like, I'm the superstar. He loves that adulation. And since the Anfield goal, I thought that would have took him on. I thought he'd have thought, right, I'm not going to buy a pint and count it all forever now. I'm going to take this on. But he hasn't. He just sucks and stinks. And him, for the whole season, we'll do a season review in the summer probably, but him, his form is a large part of, of why we are where we are. Yeah, his form. But, but as I say, it's it's the way we set up as well. It's the way the way we, we don't attack as a team. Um, and then you have got to be relying on, on, on Calvert-Lewin. But yeah, last night, they just looked like... If if it's what you're saying there, you know, Richarlison wanting to be the main man or whatever, I think it you is. can see it. If you yeah. if that's in your head, you're thinking he wants to be the main man, then you watch Everton play. He justifies what you're saying because mm. he looks like he looks that way. He's not he's not linking up with Calvert-Lewin. He's not looking for Calvert-Lewin when he's on the ball. He's not looking for anyone else. He's just he's one one focus. I'm going to be the star. I'm going to score. I'm going to try and take people on. And it's to the detriment of the team. At but one point this season, he headbutted our captain, wanting to take a penalty. Yeah. If you've worked all week on right. Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison, this is what I want you to do this weekend and all that, and you know, you pie off each other, whatever, which is evident when you're watching them. If one player then just goes, okay, okay, and then comes to match, then you just go, no, I'm doing something totally different. You rag him off, don't you? Half time. Who for, though? That's the question, is it? Because I was I was thinking last night, and me and Placey in a big Everton group, and we're all talking, and I said in the Everton group, Richarlison stinks here, and one of the comebacks was, and one of the lads is like, well, who would you put? Who, who on earth comes on? I've seen Rogers at play players who have not stunk, who've played brilliant and been ragged, and it's be, and you see Mourinho do it all the time, and it's not because they were brilliant or not, it's because they weren't doing what he said. Yeah. So and it seems to me like that's what Richardson's doing. There's got to be consequences for that, otherwise it sends a message like throughout the team. It doesn't matter who plays. He's playing to he plays to me, like some sort of move lines up for him, and he's just thinking I'm just taking this out here. I don't care where these finish. And that's how he's playing. And like I said to some of our mates in, today on a, in the WhatsApp groups, I said, I'm going to be your dream tonight. I'm going to give you all sorts of quotes that you're going to throw back at me when Richardson scores in a derby next year and I'm made up. You're going to say you slated them and all that. I'm here for it. But he, he's stunk. He doesn't des- He doesn't deserve me to come on and say, like, he's Brazilian. He's only cost 50. He doesn't deserve it. He's playing right. terrible. Yeah, he is. 
He is, but he's not the only one though, and that's that's the worry. But like you say, who's, who's he got to come on? I I would I would have took him off, and I would have just threw Josh King on because I, I would have just give him a go and said, Charles is not doing what he want, want you to do. Just go and have a go and see what you can do for half a game. Yeah. But Ancelotti doesn't trust him. He just there's no trust in it in his players. And you can, even when he play like what everyone, you can tell he doesn't trust the Wobi. Mm. Even when a Wobi starts, you can tell Ancelotti's thinking I'm going to have to play him. It's, it's not. It's not like got, yeah. yeah. It's all I've got. He trust that eleven last night is they're the basically the, the players that he trusts. I'd say Gilfie as well. We come on. Mm. They, they, that they're the twelve players who, who will play every time they're fit. And there's no one else. Everyone else is just chopping and changing, and he's making do. But you know, looking at looking ahead to 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 the you know, remaining games and next season. If you're trying to take positives from it, you can say with a couple of additions, with a couple of attacking additions in in the squad, then maybe we can push on because we have got that base, that that defensive base. Um, but well, well, what you're saying there, Pacey, that it's a good it's a good time to bring him. We had we had a tweet from someone called um, Saint Domingo's on, on Twitter, <clears throat> and he basically said there's far too much emotion across social media from Evertonians at the moment. He'd love to hear some insight into what we think is the fix for this problem. I said to you when we came in the building. I have not got the answers for that. You're a lot more level-headed than me. It, can you can you look at that last night and sort of remove yourself from it and say, okay, it's gone. Here's what we need. It'll get better. Because I can't. I'm well, just stuck. I'm stuck on last night still. Yeah, I definitely don't know what the fix is because I'm not. No, I haven't got that. But it, it, for me, it's it's obvious what we're doing. We're yeah. So if you look at, we've scored the least amount of goals in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Southampton have scored more than us near fourteenth, but we've conceded less than Leicester. We've only, we've only conceded one more than Man United and Liverpool. So that tells you the story that defensively we're all right. We're not too bad defensively. Yet we've got mistakes in us, Holgate or whatever. But defensively we're, we're doing all right. But we're not we're not scoring goals. As I said before, there's only Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Gilfie and James. Those four players who are scoring goals for us. Nobody else. There's no no other midfielders. Gomez is not scoring. Davis doesn't score. Bernard's got one goal. Awobi's got one goal. That's the problem for me. I think if we, if we can bring in... And even if you look at last night... They didn't really trouble us. Do you know what I mean? They scored, they scored a goal. They didn't pick for them. Had many. I well, can't think of any saves he had to no. make. Or it wasn't like they were attacking our goal. We were quite, we were quite sound defensively. But it was in possession that we didn't have it. I said those, those. There was no combinations. No, no little, uh, you know, little one twos or partnerships in midfield. Or you know, your right winger and your and your right back overlapping and all that type of thing. And or as I said before, the, the two forwards. So I think. I think if you look at it and you step away, you go defensively. We're all right midfield. We've got Allen and Decore. You, you wouldn't take them out your team, but then it's just attacking. Can we bring in a couple of players who can who can who can grab hold of the ball, take players on, and 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 the key for me is a bit of pace and a bit of Definitely. a bit of agency in in attack. And I think if we can if we can bring that in in the summer, you know. Th- not saying that we'll, we'll, you know, we'll definitely push on, but that is the that is the difficulty. That is the the problem for me at the moment mm. is the fact that we're just we're just too defensive and we're too rigid and we're too slow. Even Hammers, when Hammers gets the ball, he's great left foot, great vision. There was a quote last night from Martin Keown again saying these Everton players like they're not on his level. He's looking for moves that they're not going to give him. Even he doesn't take a player on, does he? And for me, no. we need a number of players who will go. Do you know what? I'll run at them. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll run at these. I've got pace and I can beat a man. Dominic, you get in the front post. Charles, you get in the back post. I'm going to beat this kid and yeah. whip one in. Yeah. There's none of that. No. Just committing defenders. Yeah. Someone just to commit defenders, and then the picture changes. At the moment, we've got it. They just set up. They they do the four, the two banks of four or whatever it is, and we're just playing in front of them. There's no no one taking people out of position or anything like that. 
they know the game plan. Our game plan is to try and get it wide and get crosses in the box. That's that's what we've got. Last night he brought Gilfie on to try and play through the middle a little bit. Didn't work. Saying about Hammers there, he hasn't got pace, but he is one step ahead of, of, yeah. of most people. And he got one, pissed off, didn't he? He, got, he yeah. got pissed off last yeah, night, yeah. you could see. There was one last night where he had it. He turned to his left. Didn't they? Should have been overlapping. Yeah. Would have had a, a free cross. And he went there and you could see. He's like, he's, even though he's still in possession, the ball, you could see he was fed up. So that, that's it for me. Pace and, and, and a few attacking players defensively. We're all right. We're not conceding, really. You know, obviously, we got beaten. We conceded mm. one. But we're not conceding many goals. It's just going forward and... Those teams you beat are good as in the season by one goal. We should be outscoring them. Yeah. I, I think you're a hundred percent right. In, in if, if there's any sort of answer or solution which we could possibly give, it would be better attacking players. Yeah. I've been critical of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, but when you put those numbers in front of me, it shuts me up because he's the only one scoring goals. I dread to think where we'd be without his goals if yeah. he'd have got a cruciate in, in October. We'd have been stuck with Tosin and King. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no. it, it would have been really bad. Oh, no. I think we need players who can play in between the lines clever players you can do one two and get in behind someone players you can just create stuff for Everton, for Everton. I'm done with half of them honestly half of those players now must have seen three or four managers off it's this it's, it's a terrible spine of a team and people say I, I get criticism because I, I don't like Gilfie Sigurdsson fair enough I think Judgy doesn't really like Michael Keane mm. and he's had and we always on Tom Davis and we always get these like and it's fair when people email us in and give it to us because I love that I love the banter and when Michael Keane or when Tom Davis or when Gilfie Sigurdsson have good games, we, we get their fans, you know, their supporters emailing us in. But they're a terrible spine. We're getting these shows three or four times a year. Mm. So they're playing well three or four times in a 38-game Premier League season. It's a terrible spine to have. Mm. Michael Keane is not a very good player. There's moments you can point to in certain games where you go, he was solid there. It should be it should be more than like, solid. Like any Premier League Tom players Davis, are capable of a good Tom game. Tom Davis should be looking at, at this chance. Even last season, the back end of last season, he was part of the worst midfield duo I've probably seen him and Sigurdsson. Wolves away last season was a joke. He should have been looking at this to go, do you know what? This is my one chance to get in this team and no one's kicking me out. He's obviously not as good as like, I'm not, I'm not comparing him here, but Steven Gerrard, when you're in interviews with him, he was like, I was kicking Paul into training. He had my shirt. I wanted his shirt. There's none of that. Well, if you want none top four, you've got to compare your spine to the spines of, you know, City, not City, but United, yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea, and it's nowhere near, is no, it? Nowhere it's near. Nowhere and near. you take the core, right? And you take Alan out the team, and I'm calling for people to come in and push them for their places. People say, oh, no, they're, they're too good. You can't replace them. Bring, like, a, a Basuma in. Brighton got Basuma for 14 million last season. Marcel Brand should be going out and finding someone to go, do you know what, Carlo? This kid's going to run to Corey for the shirt next season. That's exactly what we we need, and it's nowhere near it. I'm done with half of them. No, no. I, I can imagine people smiling, and you know it's going to come back to haunt me all these comments, but I'm, I'm emotional, <laughs> pissed off, I'm angry. I've never seen a gang of bottlers been given so many chances. It's like a naughty kid being told, if you're good, we'll go to Disney World. The Lucas Age gone all over the table, <laughs> Mills is irate. There. It's like telling <laughs> a naughty kid, if you're good, we'll go to Disney World. And the kid's still, still naughty. Just stop being naughty. <laughs> just stop it. Pack it in now, it's gone too far. It's, oh, it's gone too far. I'm just, honestly, I'm done with oh, half of is. them. Well, the, 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 what you just mentioned there about, about uh, you know, recruitment, Brighton bringing in uh, good players is... We have brought, you know, the, the last the last few players we have brought in. When you look at Godfrey, Alan Decore, uh, they are they are an Better. improvement on. We haven't brought, you know, Josh King uh, put him to one side, but 
they, they have improved our squad so that's what yours you can hope is that we do keep improving and you look at a team like you know they just won the FA Cup this this weekend Leicester mm. they get they get rid of play they sell you know Chilwell Kante they always bring in a, a replacement who is quality player yeah they you know and push on and and, and play hungry players who work hard and who have got who look like they've got everything that you are saying that we lack at the moment but going back to, to Sanders I didn't mention Raven Moise Keane but we've got a, a social media from Christopher Wilson um, who said that seeing what we have uh, seeing what we're seeing our strike force now is there a place for Moise Keane if we don't decide the ideal valuation for him what do you reckon about that I don't know I don't think he'd want to come back he's not an Evertonian <coughs> he's got no affinity to the club the supporters didn't even latch on to him so he hasn't even got that relationship with the supporters to go want to go and play for them and I don't I don't mean that in, in that he should he shouldn't but would you know when he's got no when he's got a contract with us though would you would you say no, no you're coming back and no, you're playing no because I think he doesn't want him yeah. and I think if he got onto a situation where you're asking PSG to pay money that they're not going to pay he's just going to sulk and you're going to loan him out on the last day to fucking Strasbourg or something just to get rid of him because he's a sulk so he obviously wants to go. He put a social media picture on his Instagram and the PSG shirt saying, hope to see you again next year. He wants to go. And I've, I've got nothing bad to say about him. Like, I'm not... Boom. If we ever play him again in the future, he's just... He, he never really happens at Everton. No. I can see why the listener looks and goes, he'd have made a difference because he obviously would have made some sort of difference. You, you look last night, you'd imagine Moise Keane would have made... wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I, I can't. I can't see it. And unfortunately... Pricey, my friends, we've got to talk about Everton again <laughs> later on. But we're going to move on, Phil. It's been a terrible week for the Blues, but some week for the Reds yeah. at Old Trafford. And then you Allardyce, Allardyce. Yeah, star contrast to the Blues. And two places where we, not two places, but two areas where we struggle is one, Old Trafford, and two is Allardyce teams. I don't <laughs> think Klopp's ever beat. And I was, oh, he certainly hasn't in the last five, is what I heard, so... You know, looking at the run we've got, and we've got to win every game for Champions League, you're thinking United away, yeah. nightmare for Liverpool. And then you're looking at West Brom and Burnley. And I think, you know, they've took points off us this season. And I thought, I know they're not the best teams and they haven't got much to play for, but they're exactly the type of teams that take points off Liverpool at the moment. Mm. So I thought, you know, 100% record, the way this season's going, no chance. And I know we're not there yet, but so far, so good. And... Yeah, the United game. Was that the more pleasing one of the two because it was United or was it more pleasing to sort of... Well, the, 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 goal, the way the goal The way the goal went in, yeah, you can't beat that. And obviously the closer we get to the uh, to, to the finish line, the more each game means. So United, there was still a lot to do to, to get Champions League qualification. So it's like, you won that one and it was great to sort of dismantle United, to be fair. Um but you're still thinking in your back of mind, yeah, but what's it all for? There's, there's still a long way to go, but at least, you know, you keep the dream alive. Um, so I think, you know, the closer we get, each game will become like more and more exciting, more and more important. Phil, you've always been one of the best on the podcast of sort of breaking down the finer, finer details of performances <laughs> and stuff. I'm, I'm bigging you up here, so you've got to do it. You're the only red tonight. But the, the way, to, like, I watched you at Old Trafford's on Thursday. Yeah. And I hate to say it, I was really impressed with how you sort of took the game to them. Was that pleasing for you to see that? You just went there and were confident and said, not only have we got to win, but we're going to win. Yeah, I think we always set an intention with the press. Yeah. Um, and you think, like, the big European nights, and you think Liverpool flew at teams, stifle them, force errors, um, win the ball high up the pitch. And like as a fan, you think, why can't we just do that every game? Yeah. But obviously, it's not a sustainable model to go forward with, and we don't do it every game. 
Um, but we did. I think we forced. I thought United looked awful, yeah. and I think that's because we forced so many mistakes from them. Like Thiago was pressing particularly well. I think Thiago has been brilliant since every time he's played alongside Fabinho, which was something I've been calling for the whole way through our our, our, our poor run and saying just hold your criticism for Thiago for now because let's see what he can do in the right midfield. And what do you think of Thiago? I mean, I know you you were like you you've <laughs> been saying you're not into him and all that. I've had running battles. So it's it's my worst nightmare. This because I've been saying to you about <laughs> Allison and I, I've been saying like I don't think he's as good yeah. as you make out. I see moments that he makes mistakes, and the comeback is they don't cost us. So yeah. him scoring, was, it was a bit, it was a nightmare. Yeah, and then I had uh, my mate, our mate Mick, said to me, Tiago's been brilliant the past few games, <laughs> and Terry's been on at me, hasn't he, for, for ages, saying like, yeah, just mirroring what you said. Yeah, once you get proper defenders behind him, yeah, once you get his partners next to him, yeah, he'll be better and. Look, I don't think he's. Again, I'll go on and say <laughs> I don't think he's maybe as good as as what I'm reading. I think there's a lot of Reds want him to be good. Yeah, and I don't understand that because I want Alan to be good. Yeah, and, of course, you know, every place. So, yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for the jugular. <laughs> I didn't quite. Yet. I didn't get quite get you to say <laughs> what I wanted yeah, you I got, to I say got there. Lost in my own words. I'm still thinking <laughs> of David McGoldrick. I was hoping you to suddenly realise. <laughs> no, no, look, I think I, I watched the past two games, and, and I think Thiago's been good for you. Yeah. No, he has. He's been sort of like. Dictating the tempo of the game and sort of shooting, been, shooting as well, shooting, kicking off that press, positive on the ball. So you know you you can watch midfielders get it and watch where their pass goes, and sometimes he can keep it simple and all that. Thiago doesn't. I'm not saying he he plays like he's got getting loads of assists, but he gets his head up and he passes the ball straight forward in the straightest line forward that he can. So I noticed Phil, and you might have noticed this. It might have been all season, and I've not seen it, but I've noticed more him past couple of games he seems to be more around the pitch like yeah. he's not only defensively doing like breaking play down doing a one-two with Robertson or something but he's then shooting or creating at the other end he's always been doing that but I think he's been running around and looked a bit aimless with it and and then clattering into challenges late and at first I was saying like he, give, he gives loads of fouls away and all that and that's just something that I haven't been seeing lately um, so he is getting about the pitch but he's doing it in a much more effective way mm. and so I suppose the way that Liverpool and Jürgen Klopp likes his midfielders to play that, that's quite different Fabinho even himself took a long time to break into the team because what we expect from a number 6 was different from what any other number 6 in the world plays and we do expect you to get about the pitch it's not just a holding role intensity and tempo intensity and, that, yeah. and tempo and it takes a while so um, and you know Thiago's playing with different players every week but I've just noticed that the fouls have gone out of his game but he still likes getting stuck in so he must just be like finding his feet and positionally and tactically just that little bit more switched on um, in the United game I want to give a big shout out to, to Nat Phillips because obviously he scores that own goal early um, it wasn't too much he had to do something but really he got his feet caught under him a little bit and then by the time he stuck a leg out it was too, too late so you know young player you know, not supposed to be in at this level. He's come in, he scored an Augie against United. You know, some people will crumble, but then he goes back up the other end, doesn't he? And and he gets um, he gets an assist. For, uh, he wins the. He sort of almost gets tackled, charges after it gets it. Wins a penalty in Cut, real time. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he cuts it back for the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, he does. Yeah. So, you know, and then he played really, really well all game so I think his mentality is fantastic he, I think what he lacks in a bit of technique and a bit of pace he makes up for in other ways is he, uh, part, is he part of the squad next year for you now or because Van Dijk will come back Matt will come back Joe Gomez will come back yeah do, do you then say to Nath Phillips thanks we needed you for that season and, and go and have a great career or do you say no actually you've worked hard you're part of it 
Well, as as maybe a fourth choice. You know what I like him. I like him, and I'd, I'd I'd keep him fourth choice. That's the question, though, isn't it? Is he good enough to be fourth choice? So I think. You know, he, there's a bit of hovering about him, isn't there? Like he gets drawn in, he, he likes that battle. He gets drawn in, and then a little flick on, he, he's out, he's out the game and all that. So, how old is he? Early twenties, definitely. Early. Yeah, I think he's not, a as, he's loads, not exactly a kid. Like, no, I didn't think he was. No, he's not exactly a kid. He could be like twenty-four or something like that. Twenty. Would he say if he's having to go and buy someone? Like, well, this is it. It just depends on how good that fourth choice choice needs to be. Um, was he fourth choice this season? Am I right in saying? No, we lower down than that. Was he? Lower down than that. You've got Matip, Gomez, Van Dijk. Fabinho was, was the emergency De- fourth. Yeah, wouldn't, yeah. William, wouldn't William, Williams in there? Williams. He, had, he, had, he had a bit of a nightmare against Man United, but in the FA Cup, but, uh, wouldn't he have been in fourth now? If he hadn't. Rhys Williams, well, he played. He played and he didn't look good. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. But at the start of the season, would you have said he ahead would have been of, in ahead of Phillips, yeah? I don't know, actually, because at the start of the season, I would have said no because. Uh, Nat Phillips has played more games than, than Reese Williams under Cop, and I thought Cop just knows Phillips better and trusts him better. But then we started seeing Reese Williams was starting ahead of him in Champions League games and that. So, uh, but also, I don't think Phillips was something weird went on where they expected Phillips to go. He was we were going to sell him, um, and he didn't make so he didn't make the Champions League squad. So something weird. But you know, I think they sort of neck and neck. But anyway, he was never meant to play this many games. And um, yeah, he certainly brought himself into contention. I'd keep him, you know, for what you lack in ability. Like I said, he makes up for him in, in other areas. And Fingers with him, though, selflessly, he might think, I can play at this level. Maybe not for Liverpool, but our fans are Premier League team. And, fair play, and, and fair play if he does. Fair play if he does. He's he a newly promoted team or something, I yeah. think, wouldn't he? He can't. Look, Liverpool haven't been great defensively this season, and he's been playing. So although he's, because it's one of them, isn't it? We we it's, it's versus expectation. <laughs> so yeah, he's played much better than his expectation, but still, as he played to the level of a of a all conquering Liverpool side, no, he's not Van Dijk, he's not Gomez, he's nowhere near. So you know, I, I'd be all right with it if he went, but he'll always be a fa- like a cult hero at Liverpool, and you know, very grateful for what he's done this season. And I want the lad to have the best career he can, and whether that's fourth choice for Liverpool not getting a sniff or whether it's you know going on to feature for a mid-table team in the Premier League you know I wish him just the best in his career to be fair even though Mane <coughs> scored it was the home game he had before United in Southampton Southampton he scored and this people on his podcast were like we hope that's the you know that's him he got dropped for the United game he, yeah. and he didn't look happy at full time that that was maybe mounting out of a molehill surpri- basically but yeah didn't look happy at all, and it was surprising wasn't happy. that he got dropped. Was yeah. it to you? Well, I said that. I said, I think the whole reason why he's fuming is everyone's like, yeah, he's been crap all season. He deserves to be dropped. And I was thinking, yeah, but if you pull it out the bag, you sort of pick yourself up, you get a goal, you play really well the game before, you're thinking, great, <laughs> and then you get dropped. <laughs> so I, I sort of understood why he was fuming. But look, Cop wants a reaction. He's got to manage this player. He's got to get the best out of him. Just spoke about the same Anjati, you know, he's got to try and find ways to get the best out of players. <laughs> so he's dropped him. And what did he get at the end of the game? A reaction from Mane. The worst thing that you want as a manager is to like make a bold move like that and then get no reaction or a negative, you know, it doesn't work on the pitch. But then going into the Burnley game, I think Mane was okay, he has a couple of chances that he missed. You can't affect that as a manager, but certainly had the hunger and the fight about him. So mm. it's worked. You know, I think you know, I think dropping him has worked. Uh, but it was a, and we did know it was a peculiar game to do it for me. Mm. It was a peculiar game to do it, and I was a bit concerned at the final scenes. But um, you know, it looks like it's all okay now, mm. and he can be a bit temperamental, Marnie. It's happened a few times, and yeah, him and Salah, Salah hasn't passed to him, and yeah. he's gone off fuming and all that. Yeah. But 
Look, it's a winning squad, isn't it? It's a winning sort of mentality and they're used to score winning and being the best and all that. So, yeah, it's just par for the course. Do I not, think. Read, not read too much into that in relation to it. Like, you've said on this podcast before, you've said when Klopp leaves Liverpool, he's going to have to rebuild it first because mm. if he leaves in the all 33, we're going to be yeah. United Moyes 2013. Yeah. Is this now maybe at the first domino where you go, we'll get, we'll get 100 million for him? Yeah, um, one of our friends, Peter Murray's written into the show to ask that question. Um, I personally, like, we're going into Mane's prime and Salah's prime, um, you know, and I want them to be at Liverpool during their prime. The key is to sell them, you know, not just before it, just at the top of it or just when they go over there and I don't think they're there yet. I think, you know, you're going to, 30 years old before you do that and they're more like 28 aren't they than Mane and Salah so I'd hate for that I'd hate to sort of to sell them now and then go and watch them win all kinds at Real Madrid mm. we've got them now going into their prime and I don't want to see them go yet the form's got to improve next season but there's so many reasons for a lack of lack of good form there's so many like excuses you could give them so you know let's not write Mane off um, and I don't think Peter himself um, is writing Mane off but you know, he's just been well below his normal standards, mm. so things need to improve. Okay, and uh, finally, West Brom, um, <laughs> your goalkeeper was was praising your supporters, praising supporters of other clubs for how they've, you know, he said Everton wrote a letter to him, Carlo Angelos, he wrote, wrote written a letter to him, you know, he's been through a hard time. Was yeah. it really pleasing for you as a Liverpool supporter to see that and then, and then hear what he said after it? Because yeah. even I, as a blue, well I watched the interview and thought, God, love you, lads. You must, to come out with that outpouring of emotion. Yeah. You know, what must you have been through and then to, to have that moment, you know. It's what's great about fo- uh, football, it's what's great about sport, moments like that. It's what makes it so, you know, enjoyable. And, you know, the only way that could have been topped emotionally for me would have been if it was in the Crystal Palace game to, to secure Champions League. At the cop. <laughs> At the cop end. Um, but, yeah, it was it was an incredible moment. Um the only place you can start with that when we're analysing this game is at the end, isn't it? Yeah. For that moment, yeah. But he's come up there and because it was a game where you're just like, oh, it, that it would be so 2021 um, for the, for this for Liverpool's Champions League run to just you know get allardyced, pitter, yeah, get allardyced with a couple of games left. That'd be just so standard. And then you know, I just I just thought really really couldn't see a scoring, just wasn't happening. And I thought whatever. And then he just goes up, and yeah, I went berserk. I went, I was on my own watching the game, and I just went berserk when he scored. He just couldn't control that emotion. But yeah, the interview was a nice touch as well. I thought so. Yeah, I mean, Gary Murray. I, I didn't even know you'd scored. My phone just lit up saying Ian Mills, Ian Mills, Ian Mills, and caps. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was Thiago. I thought Thiago must have scored the world. Yeah, it'd be worst nightmare when I turned it on and I just seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I, oh, I wish I would have been there, Alison. Well, we had a few touches in the game, to be fair, because they scored one, it got given offside. Did you see it? Yeah, he's having watched you for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the reason was, apparently, because someone was in front, front of, of Alisson, but then when, when you looked at it, Alisson wasn't really looking at that play. You could see where his head was was trying to cover his post. I, th- I thought, and I'll sound bitter, I thought you were lucky to get away with that one. We were lucky, we were lucky. I mean, in my tr- opinion, I'm not going, I'm not talking about the rules now, but if someone's standing in front of the keeper, in my opinion, if I was writing the rules, they are affecting the play. So it's like, it, you know, I, but I think we've seen many, many examples where, 
you know, do you consider that not affecting the play because he was nothing to do with the player who scored and all that? It was depending if it's in the eye line, isn't it? I didn't yeah, that was the thing. Cause that it, was it, the it thing, It showed yeah. that Allison's head is moving from behind and it, it looked like, you can't see obviously, but it looked like he wasn't really looking at that. He was trying to guard his post. But like Phil said, of the rules, the rules, if you look on black and white, yeah. and someone emails in now and goes, he was in front of the keeper. They're absolutely right in black and white, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm with you though. We, we got lucky. There was another incident in the game, wasn't it? Oh yeah, we scored. The goal we scored, we actually, the keeper got in, the ref got in the way or something, and he boiled back for a free kick. And, and it was like, why isn't that just a drop ball? And we ended up scoring. Um, but the but the West Brom players like threw it back to us, to like as if to take the free kick. So it was weird. It was weird looking at it back. But yeah, we got lucky. But and you know, Price, you were saying before this episode started about like I'm not having too much stick off the reds because you only scraped past. You know, West Brom yourself. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, that. does it? This no, it doesn't. All I said is, you know, you can't be saying that you're, yeah, you're a back, can you? If you've no. scraped a, a win against West Brom with a goalkeeper heading it. No, no, minute. you can't. Well, yeah, but one of the you're almost in some ways you can because what a lot of what we've lost is just not find, not being able to find that way to win, and it just looks like we've sort of got a bit of that back lately. Yeah, yeah. scraping it's a habit, it back. Isn't it? It's a, a habit, habit, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew as soon as that happened. I I said to the wife when that happened, I said. My weekend's gonna to go to Potter. Yeah. The axis is turned. When something like that happens, yeah. the axis turns. I said, Chef United will do us. And it's it's something else for you. My car broke down over the weekend. I've had a banging headache all day. <laughs> I came to the podcast and forgot the kit. I had to drive back, then got stuck in traffic coming. Yeah. Alison has killed my weekend. My axis has turned upside it's down. It's funny you should say that because my uh, my boss is a big blue and I was, I was speaking to him before. And when we when Alison's on that, he said to his missus, lump on Chef. On Chef United, <laughs> That's how and it she works. did, and won a load of money. <laughs> That's how it works. You, you do that, and then we do Everton, don't we? Yeah. That's just how it works. Yeah, but no, no, I'm, I'm just. So now all the pressure's on. Now we've got we've got two more games, and touch wood. Everyone's saying, and all the Blues are saying to me, "Nah, you've you've nailed on now for Champions League. That's the way it goes, and that." But normally you might be right, but this season I'm very. You've just w- got Phil Burnley. Burnley, horrible game. Alice. Alice. Yeah. yeah, we'll cover those games in a, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. I, I think I think it's done. Can, yeah, we, can we null and void the season? Can we get that back? <laughs> get those old posters that we had last season. Get them out, pricey. We'll get them back out. Phil, we got hammered on um, social media, which is at Across the Park PC on Twitter and Instagram. If anyone's still got Facebook, God love yous. But search for <laughs> us on Across the Park Podcast. Tinternet, Across the Park Podcast.co.uk. We got hammered, and it was mainly blues after last night, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flick over to them here. Um, there's a lot of them are about Ancelotti, so I'll read some of them out now. Um, we get we get raw like when the full time. Yeah. we get raw emotions, don't we? So some of these might like be cringing listening to these getting read out. So just to say, we like, well half eight. They're always straight, straight after the game. Yeah, yeah, they are always straight but after we'll the game. Them, but we can't ignore them. So. <laughs> So EFC three one eight two seven two one one on Twitter. That was password, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, data breach there. Um, how many other managers would have been under pressure having the home record that we have? Um, some of it. Sorry, my phone's opening these weird. Well, a lot of them will. In yeah. my opinion, ensure quick fire. Okay. From me, he's getting a pass because of who he is. If it was if it was someone if it was Marco Silva, I'd be I'd be asking the question. Yeah, so would I. Definitely, every manager would be under pressure if they had the results that we've had at home. But as as I, as I said to Millsy before the show uh, started, 
it's not just Everton who have struggled in Rome this season. I think that's also got to come into play. It's uh, the Premier League as a whole is more away wins than home wins. There's a lot of teams struggling at home, and I think that sort of gives him a bit of a pass as well, as well as his experience and you know his past honours and all that type of thing. Mm. I think it's an unusual season. It will be interesting to see what happens when the fans are back in the uh, in the stadium. Phil, we got a red one here. Just while you're flicking through the blue ones, on. I'll, I'll jump on ours. But on the um, on the Instagram, Slim Jim, he said, following the heroics from Allison, the team looks more united at full time than they have in a long time. Do you think this will impact on Genie Wijnaldum's decision to leave? He might now stay because they all look together again. Is something he's, he's going to walk away from easily? Or would yeah, um, I'd love to say yeah, but I think it's done. I just think it's done, to be honest. Um, I, you know, that's not an official line, but it's just a feeling I've got. Um, so, unfortunately, yeah, I don't think it will. But, um, no, they are looking together, and that's positive. Like I said, finding a way to win, looking like the old Liverpool. So, it, it's all good, but, yeah, a little, a little bit too late for Genie, I think. Peter Murray's asked, before you, sorry, get back to the other one. Peter Murray has asked the question, are we doing another podcast on Thursday after this round of fixtures and before the final games were not? Uh, we were going to be back next Monday, hopefully, and just review the final game. So yeah, that'll be it. Okay, Everton question: How embarrassing? I predicted a big Everton win. First half could have scored a couple, but other than that, what are we all about? It's grim as f. <laughs> Richardson has been terrible all season. Holgate is not very good. <laughs> Dine has been poor. What is Sigurdsson? <laughs> the Icelandic missed. <laughs> You're always right. Fair that, that could be my notes for this podcast, actually. That could have been hacked from my Android and my notes because I think Luca Dean was poor. I think there's been games, other games this season where he has been poor. As good as a left-back he is, sometimes he does make you miss Leighton Baines because he's a first-time crosser sometimes when you want him to sort of run horizontally into the box and maybe win a penalty or something but it's possibly not his game I'm being unfair on him I think Luca Dean probably needs more competition for me next season I think I wouldn't be averse to bringing a very good left back in and just saying no push him yeah okay EFC picks Tottenham sacked Jose because it wasn't working Carlo Everton isn't working good coaches find a way of winning just a comment fair comment Um, I wouldn't say it's not working in terms of you know when you look at the club maybe performances haven't been up to scratch and we need to work on a few things on the pitch but as as a manager in you know for the club I wouldn't say it's as bad as yeah let's get rid of bad as all that. yeah okay Christopher Wilson seeing what we have of our strike force is there a place for Moyes Keane if we oh, did, did we answer that yeah, before, that before okay. Yeah. okay far too much emotion across social media here this is St Domingo's on, on Twitter looking for a bit of positivity I'd love to hear some insight into what is the fix for this problem we did try and cover that one before as well St Domingo so we haven't got the answers whereas probably I'm personally as angry as probably the people that you're angry following on okay. social media Pricey tried to give us a little bit of what he thinks next season and, and it's more pace and more attacking football might get us some more points okay Steve Leary on the website if it was any other manager he would be hounded 18 months later we've got no style of play we look non-coached in possession no patterns of play nothing his three midfield signings were dominated by John Fleck and Oliver Norwood it's absolutely terrible Pretty much what I said before, isn't it? That, <laughs> that's your notes that, for the that, podcast. No, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is what I, that's pretty much what I said. But I, I agree. I, we have got no style of play, and it is eighteen months, and we should be we should be better. And we have been poor, and, and, and the performance that we've been putting in the last few weeks have been as bad as last season. Anything we've seen, would you say? Yeah, I, I, I think because 
like I said before, there's elements of trust at the minute, like, and other managers that wouldn't get that, and I don't want to go too far against them because I'm just so months isn't full of of what might come, and I know the style of play is boring, <clears throat> and I know there's maybe not we've said on here tonight that the attack and play is terrible and there's no patterns of play and there's no sort of plan B or plan C. I think he looks at that that's Monday to Friday at Finch Farm and he just says this is all I can get out these the players. I've got, to, I've got to play these players that I'm way because like, he, di- he didn't play that way at other clubs. If he'd done that at every other club and this is why the, the Allardyce comment but winds me up because Allardyce does it everywhere. Carlos doing this with Gilfie Sigurdsson with Tom Davis, with an out of form with Charleston, with Seamus Coleman who's thirty three with a job for life. He's looking at this going, I've got it it's gonna take time. If you're gonna write off the attack and play and be hard to beat though, you've gotta be hard to beat, haven't you? Like if you're becoming easy to beat or not hard to beat and there's no attack and play, what are you doing? We were we were leaking goals left, right and centre. Season started September. And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I imagine Come the end of October, our goal difference was like crazy because we were beating teams like four three, and um, even Hughes when he came to Goodison in the first ten minutes, Hughes could have been like two or three up <laughs> yeah. in that first ten minutes, and, and we were we were quite open. So do you still think you're harder to beat now than you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Fair enough. Yeah. And I think a couple of good signings in the summer. Yeah, uh, and eighteen months is it's not eighteen days, but it's it's, it's yeah. not a lot of time, is it? When you look at, I always look at how many transfer windows has he had. He yeah. hasn't had that many. He had two or three transfer windows. And you're right, January off for Everton, don't you? We yeah. never really go into it. So, the thing is, the way I look at it with Ancelotti is, he's come in, he's identified right. We've got to sort. Of, we've got to become harder to beat before we can start expanding on like going forward and that. But next season he's got to bring yeah, that side into it. Yeah, yeah. You've got to see it in the summer, haven't you? Okay, Alan Gibbons, love and admire Carlo, but any other manager is getting in serious trouble for repeated brainless home performances. <laughs> I suppose you've answered Covered that. Yeah, that yeah. Thing, yeah. Um, okay, seeing if we can come to any red questions here. Do you think Mane and Salah are on the same page? Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Um, so, are they on the same page? I think they're getting there. I think they are getting there. Things things are starting to click. Marnie uh, sets Salah up for sort of set him up. He nicked, nipped in for a, an interception and passed it to Salah. So there's things going on where you're seeing it looks a bit better than it has been. Because so when they score, Phil, do, do, do they, this is sounds a crazy question, but do they celebrate with, with each other? Yeah, they, they do. They yeah, definitely do now, especially yeah. more, more recently. I've noticed it more yet. So yeah, um, Jim, it looks that way to me, and long may continue. Um, Peter Murray. Is it time to cash in on Mane? I've sort of answered that one before. He's was determined to be a part of the podcast tonight, <laughs> weren't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Selling tickets for the Reds tonight to wear Mills and Price. I rate. Okay, back to Everton. Barry, seriously, who out the squad would you want by your side in a scrap? I'd take Godfrey and Alan. I'm struggling here. You never see them snarling or squaring up to opposition. Squad's full of weak. I'd say I agree, I, I agree with that, and I've been saying that for, for, for ages in our group and in the WhatsApp group. We do, we've got no leaders, no one to stand up. Alan and Godfrey are the two that I would mention, and Pickford as well. To be fair, last I was just night, thinking Pickford, yeah, yeah, I think Pickford, I think Pickford and Coleman would probably be in there as well. But you know, you miss you, you, Gomez is in your Sigurdsons and Richarlison. <laughs> if I was in the scrap and someone gave me Sigurdsson as a tag team partner, I just lie down and say, just don't hurt me when you put your foot on me because I've got no chance here. Last night when Gomez come on, I just thought him as well. He's well, not the one you wouldn't want in the scrap. <laughs> Imagine you no go with me and Sigurdsson. You know, he's got no assists and no goals. <laughs> right, Portuguese la- missed. <laughs> Last one. 
Um, Morgan wants to know, does the Evertonian who wanted Buendia from Norwich still stand by that? Was that either of you two? It wasn't me. <laughs> we don't know who actually <laughs> said Judge actually said last night it wasn't him. I know for a fact I have never, ever wanted Buendia at Everton. And we, we don't do the podcast drunk anymore. <laughs> so it couldn't even be that. Pricey said it weren't him. I can't remember Pricey saying it. Maybe it was Craig a long maybe. time ago. <coughs> yeah, maybe when Craig was on the podcast, maybe it was Craig. But I don't want to throw Craig under the bus and say it was no. him because I can't recall him saying it. No. So was it definitely us that you're listening to? Because yeah. there's a number of great Everton podcasts out there. It might have been another one. We've never said it. But in short, yeah, I'll take him yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, the crux of that one was is he better than Bernard? Is that you know, part of the question? Isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, he says, doesn't he? I think Bernard did shine in the championship, doesn't yeah. he? So you, you never know, you don't know, yeah, do you? He's maybe. never played in the Premier League, has he? Maybe. Sky Sports, a little bit of breaking news here. Um, Kane wants to leave Tottenham. Mm. That's where he wants to go. United, that's always been the United link he, there, I hasn't think, it? I think he'd be good. At, yeah, he'd be good. Man City has been, obviously, because the Quero's going and all that. But you'd have oh, yeah. be. I don't anyone to take him but I think he'd be a good player for Liverpool Kane I honestly yeah, do I do yeah it's name Definitely. checked here so it's name checked here United, City and Chelsea have all been in touch with Kane's representatives it's going to take a record transfer apparently yeah. and if he has a good Euros as well if he, if he captains oh, England and scores yeah, six goals pure prime you're saying don't get rid of your players in the prime mm. typical yeah. typical Tottenham that. How, old, how old is he 27 <coughs> Yeah, he's been injury prone, though, isn't he? Or am I just yeah, thinking yeah, that? Just, I think just this season he had a couple of injuries, but yeah. apart from that, I'm not Man sure. Man City got him. That's he's still always in the running for top for Golden Boots, yeah. isn't he? So, are we done with the social, done with the social media? Phil, I know yeah. you're in a rush. You're going to play football tonight, so we'll mm-hmm. try and rush through the next 20 minutes or so. This week in history, Pricey, I gave you the option before, didn't I, to say um, it could be when we got rid of Sam Allardyce, or it could be when we got rid of Roberto Martinez, me and you and Judgey done an article um, over on the Dictionary D. Um, good article, so go and check that out. Twitter is at Dictionary D, and we got asked about Martinez. Funny enough, didn't we? Yeah. We got asked about him, so I think you've you said you wanted to cover that one. So when Roberto Martinez finally got sacked from Everton, yeah, for me it was months too late. Can you remember that period? How were you yeah. thinking back then? I remember Goodison was a horrible place to go. Because yeah. it was every every pass was there was a sigh there was a groan yeah. there was a and then he was he he, need, he did need to go at that time he, you know he give us said in, in this article he, when he come in he came in at the perfect time because he had the foundation Moyes had laid he had the club was a, a good club to be part of it seemed like a, a decent place to work for the players Moyes yeah. had put instilled that that determination and and ultimately the defence and Martinez came in. He was brave, added a bit wasn't of flair, he? Yeah, added a couple of players that we needed. You know, Lukaku up front. Moyes would have given us right arm for Lukaku with Jordan his, Jordan his spell. Yeah. Brought in Lukaku, brought in Barry McCarthy, and and sort of built on what Moyes had done. And then that first season, it was the 2013, uh, 2012-13. It was some of the best football I've I've seen Everton play. Like like in 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 person, we were brilliant. And it just as it went on, you just the defense was getting worse, and the players seemed to be unfitter. And we we were less organised at the back, and he didn't ever change it. He kept doing what he was, was doing. Stubborn, and that yeah. was the killer, yeah. That was the killer. That's when everyone was going to Goodison. That's when we were going to Goodison. We were going looking at it and going, he's doing the same thing again. The opposition are scoring the same type of goals against us. He's not yeah. learning. And so, I loved him for that first season. Wanted to give him a chance, but it did get to the point for me where it was like he's, he's got to go. He had a bad patch in his second season, and I think it's very easy to remember. 
history how you want to remember it but I think we sort of give him that second season and says okay we've seen the good and we've seen the bad fix it and he, he had a bad transfer yeah. window didn't he and he was intense on playing Aruna Kone all the time and I think because I think it was because Mo- Moise's second season or when he when he done because he had, had a bad season yeah. didn't he and then he, he, he uh, bounced back again I think that was always what we used to say like you know second season syndrome yeah. or whatever let's see if he bounces back again but you're right Kone uh, Alcaraz Alcaraz oh, uh, was terrible wasn't he Jesus Ro- Christ you know, Joe Robles in goal wasn't good enough the Wigan spine he bought the Wigan spine I yeah. think that was that was the yeah and it was because obviously McCarthy done well but he was Wigan as well weren't he and it was but it weren't the fact that he brought them in from Wigan it was that he he persisted with them and he persisted with them and and then he, he, he brought in like Umar Nias when, when he finally got a bit of money so at the time Mashiri hadn't came in in that January and we sold Naismith for like 8 million or something and then went and bought Nias for like 14 and he's bigging him up so phenomenal phenomenal you should see this play he's phenomenal he always <laughs> give you that didn't he and, and you think like good god we must have signed someone good here yeah. and like I think the first thing he, he done the ass at, at Bournemouth was like fell over or something in the FA Cup and then you, you saw how bad he was yeah. and that that for me was the, the final chance he had like okay we'll give you money to go and get someone now like a winger striker if you will who can win games for Everton he's absolutely terrible you've brought in like you say Kone Alcaraz and, and Robles and stuff who were just not very good players at all. And then it got to that point where I just had no trust. And it was like, this is, you've, you've lost it with me now. You've, you've, we've given you the second season because you, you give us the first. This third season, you've had money. You've had time to learn from that second season. We're not fit. We're getting opened up all the time. We can't stop conceding goals. Our best players are getting subbed on 70 minutes because they can't play 90. Remember Koeman came in, in in the summer and said for the first game of the season, that's 70% fitness. Yeah. I can't get them fit. Don't we talk about yeah. what they've been doing for two years. Yeah. So I I remember it being like it was time. I remember Martin said something like, uh, we, we don't we don't practice defending corners because not many goals are scored off corners. Leon Osmond's book said that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Leon Osmond, yeah, he said in his book, he said he, they were pre- preparing for a game on a Friday. <clears throat> and then it was like, whistle went on training, like, oh, go back and get your showers. And a few of them said like, well, these have got big players. Do you want to work on set pieces? I was like, nah. We'll just work on getting the ball, moving it forward, set pieces, set pieces. Teams will always concede them. Think, oh God, like yeah. no wonder we were so leaky. And I, I think where he is now is perfect for him international oh, yeah. because like he's getting these players who are like fit and stuff, and he's not working with them all the time. Oh, and, the and he's linked players. with Tottenham. And I think I said, I think I said to you in our Everton group, I know what'll happen there. He'll start well, then I'll get done four 0 then I'll be unfit, and he'll end up like somewhere at Ajax or something. Yeah, but. I remember this one of the final few games we had the semi-final at Wembley and we had Liverpool away in a week and I, I remember thinking at the time I know I was thinking this at the time and I, I still reflect now he should have got the bullet before those two games well he, I was he, in, on the Jamie Carragher podcast where he's like he, he done he done one of those and he said he, he made a mistake because he went he went after the derby I can't remember what the score of the derby was 4-0 4-0 that was the 4-0 one. One. he went after the derby a full strength team set it up as if it was like a cup final like you would a derby game but obviously yeah. we had the, the semi-final coming up at the weekend and by the weekend the players were just knackered they couldn't they couldn't produce again he said if he had his time again he would have just got out with what would have happened derby. would have threw the derby basically yeah, and, and, and tried to win the semi-final because players just couldn't get up for it two, two uh, games in a week which is mad I liked, I, I liked him as a man but he, I remember you saying this is bringing memories back he was full of BS as well because I remember before those two games 
he was like, it's a defining week for me. Then we lost him, and he was like, ah, it wasn't really a defining week for me, we've got less than next. And you're thinking, all right, stop bull, yeah, you know, yeah. stop that, that, bull yeah. crap on us now, because, like, I've had enough. Yeah, that's frustrating. After the, after a, a bad performance, you'd always try and see the positive side, and sometimes you don't want your manager <laughs> to see the positive side, you want yeah. to just come out and say. So, overall, what's your overall man as soft spot, or... Should never yeah, you know, yeah, soft spot for him because I think he tried to get Everton, and there's a number of managers before and since who've just not cared, and he yeah. tried to connect. I, I remember going to a night with Roberto Martinez. He's done this this speech in a sports hall, and he was given all his time to Everton the community. He invited Howard Kendall back, didn't he? When when Moise sort of banished Kendall, and he knew our history, and he quoted it in little things like we had Alan Myers on the show a while back, and he said that Roberto Martinez asked him, "What's the two stands called?" Gladys Street and Park End, and he'd reference them in interviews. He'd go to Gladys Street were brilliant, and he, he wanted to learn. So definitely a soft spot. Not, and I hate saying this, not a very good football manager. No, uh, not a soft spot for me, but just so limited. I think mm-hmm. just just. Do you know, like when I was, let's say, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, that type of age, I used to watch the Spanish footy on Sky Sports Saturday night, Sunday night, two games both nights. Was obsessed with it. Knew everything about that league, but. Martinez was the pundit on Sky Sports and like, didn't know of him like, as a football manager. I think I might have caught the end of his playing days as well, but I used to think he, he was he was a boss pundit, you know, he was like, used to like go dead in depth into like breaking the game down and tactical and all that. and I always yeah, spoke a good game and I always thought he'd be a good manager him. Yeah. That was long before he came to Everton. Jinx does lads. Yeah, he, <laughs> he definitely knows his footy, he's, he, you can tell he loves football, football man, just isn't he? limited, yeah, yeah. Just, just... Too nice, isn't he? Yeah, too nice, yeah. The, the red week in history, Phil, is... Um, 2001. So Gary was going to do this, but as I said at the start of the show, there's been an an instance in Liverpool by our studio, and Gary's not been able to drive in. But typical Gary, and he, it's a successful one. He's got me reading it out. 2001, and he's referenced. I know you won three three trophies there and two in the same week, but he wants to talk about the Alaves one. Um, yeah, a great game for him. He said it, I think it was five four on golden goal. Yeah, that's right. I can't yeah. remember much of that. You know, I think I just blocked that out at the time. Sixteenth of came May. Back. So yesterday it was twenty years ago, and I'm a bit older than Gary, but to me, it felt like five minutes ago. I'm like, oh my god, was that twenty years ago? That was the first thing that came to mind. But they were in a good team, were the Alaves, with these sort of the surprise yeah, package. Yeah, Jordi Cruyff and a few good little players and all that. Um, so yeah, a bit of a surprise package, but just they were a good, quite a good like little football. You know, you haven't heard of them doing big things, but I remember them just being dead tidy, good little football team, dead attack and went mm-hmm. for it. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a crazy night. You know, the drama of that game. It wasn't far off. Well, I, w- I was going to say it wasn't far off rival in Istanbul, and there's probably people smirking at that. But you go back to it, it was a crazy game. It was proper backwards and forwards. I think we took the lead and then they pulled it back. Oh, we, I'm just trying to get the, the things up now. I think we went 2 0 up and then it was 2 all and then it was 3 2 and then it was 3 all. Um, and yeah, it, it, was a, it went to extra time and it was golden goal in them days, which is something I love. You know, I, I'd bring golden goal back in a heartbeat, me. So, the, yeah, there's the goals here. So. Marcus Babbel yeah. put you in front on three minutes. Yeah. Gerard made it 2-0 yeah. on 16. They pulled one back, and then Gary McAllister scored a pen on 40 minutes. You went in 3-1 up at half-time. Then they scored two goals on 47 and 49. Yeah. Yeah. Fowler scores in 72. He just come on, Fowler. And Man. then Cruyff scores for them in the 88th, takes it into golden goal. And this is the most Liverpool thing I'm ever going to read out on this podcast. 
on 116 minutes. Okay. He's got an own goal in the pool. No, the but it, it, that was one of them. Um, Gary McAllister whipped it like a dead, difficult cross in to deal with. It's one of them where it probably would have went in anyway, but their defender just sort of skimmed the top of his head and just went in the far corner. He was a good player, McAllister, weren't he? Yeah, he was one of the matches. Yeah, in that he game. was brilliant at that, in that little period, weren't just he? Pure quality, yeah. yeah. We brought him in, he just made that season yeah. brilliant. That was the uh, the three all, uh, not sorry, the, 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 four, uh, three. the four three, yeah. Good memories for the Reds. Same, same season. No, amazing, amazing, amazing time to be a Liverpool fan. I was. Oh, Gary was probably a bit a bit young actually. I think because how old was Gary then? Well, I was just around friendship. Yeah, <laughs> I was about the last three or something, was he? Yeah, he was pretty young, but I was I was riding me like sixteen. You know what I mean? Proper crazy about football. He must have been about, about ten football. or something. I think probably Gary, something yeah. like that. Yeah, but no, I, I thought that was a big night for me though. Yeah, okay. um, we were going to play higher or lower, but we've got one red. Who's the quiz master? We can go against each other if you want. We can have a at least have yeah, a win. Okay, yeah, let's go again. We win one this season, eh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'll fly through it. Danny Murphy played 169 games for Fulham between 2007-2012, scoring a total of 18 goals for the Cottagers. But how many goals did Super Danny Murphy score for the Reds? Was it higher or lower than 18? Uh, the 18 that he scored at Fulham. Um, did you sell him to Fulham? No, I think we bought him from Fulham. Oh, hang on. No, 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 no we, we sold him too. Yeah, we sold him too. Charlton, I think. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Charlton, okay. He was that used for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, maybe six or seven years. Yeah. I, I think I'll he scored higher, more. Okay, okay. we're we'll we'll both, both going higher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. He scored 25 and 170 games for Liverpool. Okay. But Ross Barkley has a goal-scoring ratio of one goal in every eight games since his loan move from Chelsea to Aston Villa. But is one in eight higher or lower than his ratio at Everton? <laughs> Pricey hates Ross Barkley soccer. <laughs> <laughs> we're not thinking totals, we're thinking right. ratios. Yeah, one and eight. Sorry, right. one and eight. In a, so in a, he went to play 30 odd games, he wouldn't play every game. So that's what, like, four goals a season. I think he's probably scored more than that. So I think his goal ratio f- for Everton was more than what was better than one and eight. Okay, uh, to make a game, I'll go lower. Okay. Millsy's right on this one. Seven it took um it took Barkley seven point one games to score a goal for Everton. Slightly better. Liverpool signed Emil Heskey on the back of some impressive performances for Leicester City, where he scored on forty occasions in hundred and fifty five appearances for the Foxes. But did he score more or less than forty goals for the Mighty Reds? Sam for use late nineties. he wasn't part of the O five thing. Did he leave? Mm. Just before then, maybe. Yeah. Oh three. Was he late nineties till about oh four? Was he? I remember Julie signing him because he was good at Leicester. I just, I just remember he, Leicester, yeah. there was a little bit of like Julie's changing I'll the style you, and stuff because he was bringing the target. Because man. there's no red here, I'll give you a little bit more. So he scored forty and one hundred and fifty-five for, for for Leicester. He played one hundred and fifty games for Liverpool. Yeah, I go less than that then. Mm, he had I good seasons, didn't he? I'll go higher. For, to make it a game, I'll go. He was always a player that would, would set people up, wouldn't he? And bring other people yeah. into the game, Heskey, so I'll go less. He did have one prolific season, you're right, but it still wasn't enough. He's, he only scored one goal less, though. He, played, he scored uh, 39 goals in 150 games, Liverpool. Tied at 2 2. Tied. Fourth question Louis Saha had a goal scoring ratio of one goal in every 3.1 games for Man United. That's 28 goals and 86 appearances. But is that higher or lower than his goal scoring ratio for the Blues? Didn't score one and three. Lower. Yeah, I say lower. Quick and easy one there. Wasn't far off though. One in 3.6. Scored 27 goals in 97 games. That point six is why we got rid of him. <laughs> Speaking of Louis, 
King Louis Suarez has scored an impressive 147 goals in just 191 games for Barca, a ratio of one goal in every 1.3 for the Catalans. But is that higher or lower than his ratio for Liverpool? Is this the last question? Go, no, there's two more. Tell you what, make this the last one, and we'll, well, we'll just I'll go the opposite to you to win go it. Because I know go, you've got to go, Phil, so... I'll go higher. I'll go lower. Okay. He actually scored 69 in 110 appearances of the Reds, a ratio of 1.6. So who won? Who said higher or lower, then? Okay. I forget. Let's call it a draw. <laughs> I've got a bonus question here. I've got I'm a just bonus. not than Suarez and Danny Murphy. <laughs> <and everybody. laughs> I have got a bonus question. This one's to take it for all the marbles. Liverpool goalkeeper Allison has oh. scored one goal in the Premier League this season. <laughs> Is that higher or lower than Everton striker Josh King? <laughs> <laughs> Let you have that one. We'll call it a draw. <laughs> oh, Pricey, I don't really want to talk about the next couple of games um, Liverpool's next two games are a lot more important than Everton's that's how I feel although there is still a chance that if things do go our way that we might still get European football next season I'm actually going the game on Wednesday I, I was pulled out of the ballot and I'm going the game I'm actually in um, in your season ticket seat pricey so mine was blocked out and yeah. yours was available so I'm sitting in your seat I'm looking forward to it a lot less now than what I was pre-weekend or pre-Sunday evening. I'm hoping to be looking forward to it a bit more come Wednesday. I've got the half-day booked in work. I'll be in the Wednesday on my own, having a, having a couple of couple of Guinnesses, get some salt and pepper chicken wings, and I'll take them into the park end. And I'm, I want to enjoy being back at the match. That's the main thing for me. But I want to see Everton win. And Carlos said 6,500 fans in there might wake the team up. Can you see Everton... Everton Doing, get, getting three points on Wednesday. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the fans do pushes on going forward. Yeah. You know that atmosphere of, of everyone getting behind the team. So I can see us winning, to be honest. And, and, and slagged us off there, but I think with the fans in, providing that the fans don't get on the back, because they'll all be obviously everyone's as frustrated as each other. Yeah. So I hope we don't go into that game with the fans being frustrated from from you know the first five minutes. So yeah. they do get behind them and say, let's give them a go. And I think if they do that. Generate a bit of atmosphere. I can't see who's winning. Then we've got Manchester City on Sunday. Um, if we do win on Wednesday, you'd like to think Man City have got one eye on on big ears, and they'll. Um, and I don't mean me. I mean the trophy, the European Cup that you might throw a weekend team out against Everton. Me and you have said that we're going to go and watch it regardless. Have a few pints and watch it. How nice would it be to to, to rub this podcast in our faces and come back yeah. here next week and say we're playing. Just for, for the sake of us going to watch it, I think in a pub, <laughs> I hope we've got something to play for. Do you know what I mean? I hope, I hope it, there's a possibility. Uh, I, can't, I can't say that I think we're going to we're going to beat Man City. I, just, I can't say it. I do hope that I do hope that they play a weakened team uh, because they got the Champions League. But even their weakened team is is far superior than ours. Um, so I just hope we've got something to play for, and we have a good goal of it. That's all I can hope for for the Man City game. Stop roping me back in Everton let's give you six points four points three points no points uh, realistically I'd say three okay uh, what about you I'd, I'd love to be positive and, and just give it this six points I do think we've got a really good chance on Wednesday I think Carlos quotes last night about the fans being in and I think the players might have heard that and say to each other privately we've, we've got to at least give give a bit more I can't see anyone beating beating Man City so I'll go three Phil the season has come to a close. You've got mm. two games left. You're not going to be champions. 
It's it looks to be a bad season on paper, but if you did qualify for the Champions League from where you were with injuries and you know I remember yeah. you saying in February and March that you sort of give up a little bit. Yeah. Turns it round, this this sort of massive week. Yeah, I th- you know, at one point I was like, yeah, that's gone, Champions League. I really believed it was gone. I, I knew it would take a little run uh, being put together, and I just didn't think we had it in us, looking at you know, the performances that we put in so far. But um, all of a sudden it's on. It feels like Liverpool pulling out the bag time, which we've seen over and over again over the years. Burnley and Palace, both teams have got nothing to play for. Um, and, you know, that does make a difference because even West Brom there, uh, there were times when... They just didn't have all their players back for corners and that. They just leave, but and you know they would if it mattered. So there's just moments like that where it's late on and there's one less player in the box that 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 type of stuff can make you know make a difference. It also allows them to play with a bit more freedom going forward. So it can harm you. But what's the toughest game of the two? Um, I'd say Burnley a bit harder to score against, and Palace have got a bit more going forward. Looking at Liverpool this season, it's them teams who just go, nah, you're not scoring. And I think that's more likely to be Burnley. But whether they would, how fuming would you be if like your teams are not with like two games to go and you've got nothing to play for and you shut up shop mm. like when you're not even fighting for anything? I think if I was you, I'd be happy that it's Burnley away because yeah. I think I think they'd be easier to beat away. Yeah. Um. Than than at home because yeah. they would just literally just do the block like they did. Didn't yeah, they? they did. Yeah. yeah so I think uh, I think that's that's the bonus for you that you got Burnley away. Yeah, and no, there's fans in the ground on Sunday, yeah. ten thousand. Yeah, you haven't got a ticket, have you? You're unsuccessful. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. Um, I'll be watching it in Jürgen's bar. I've got, I've got a table booked for that. But um, no, I think if it goes into that game at Anfield in front of the fans, I just every Liverpool supporter just thinks, yeah, that's a done, that's a done deal. It's Burnley's the one. Okay, Burnley's the one. Six points for you to end the season. Absolutely. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me the way this season's gone. <laughs> Just the last, the last game to go. Also, we, as as it has gone, we've got no Jota. Um, he's out for the rest of the season, and Kabak's out for the rest of the season as well. So, yeah. bonus, <laughs> <laughs> bonus. Well, no, not, not when Reece Williams is replacing him. We are at the penultimate week of the, or the final week. Sorry, I should say of, of the season. We are back next week to cover the entire season there'll be, a, there'll be a season review in the summer as well we'll get together but we're, we're going to know this time next week about where both teams finished and I'm sure we're going to dissect it all Phil I know you've got two red extras in the pipeline we don't reveal names until the recording's done but I know we've been a bit Everton heavy on the extras we haven't meant that it just felt like that but Phil two big reds extras coming up that you're looking forward to yeah great I'm sure they're going to have great stories and yeah I'm going to looking forward to getting into it I'm just doing my prep for them as we speak so yeah looking forward to that and yeah uh, so should the listeners be. Andrew Price, you are my counsellor tonight. I appreciate it. Evertonians, I hope me and Pricey give you a little bit of hope for next season. And at Reds, I hope Phil, who's done a great job on his own tonight, as <laughs> as big you guys, has got you ready for the for the week ahead where you may still get Champions League football. Until then, enjoy the football. We are back next Monday night. <laughs>